Here's a cheat code as a business. Man, I love cheat codes. Every single Fortune 500 large company, mm-hmm. every three months, they sit and talk about their company publicly. Okay. So find one in your niche or your industry. FedEx has mm-hmm. a quarterly report and they have an annual <clears throat> where they talk about the financial results of their business. Okay. So I like to get with business owners like, hey, let's find a company to copy. Yeah. They'll tell you everything about their company, things that they're facing. Mm-hmm. And then now you could talk about and review your business every three months the way you do. Okay. Imitate the people yeah. who are a size that you want to be. Yeah, that's key. FedEx is already doing it. So, okay, well, what were your results? How much money did you make the yeah. last three months? But why did you make that money? Mm. What happened and contributed to the deals that you closed? For sure. What happened and uh, attributed to the deal? What's your competition doing? Mm. Right? How much cash do you have in the company? Okay. Why? Where did you have to invest it? Where did you put it? Yeah. It gets easier as you do it. Gotcha, right? Gotcha. So the first the first time we do it, it's like, man, this is a headache. Why do I yeah. want to do this? The second month, you're like, man, okay, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Third month, now you're standing up like you're at a podium or something yeah. talking to <laughs> investors. Yeah. Because the thing about bankable businesses mm-hmm. is that they're also investable businesses. Gotcha. And the thing about bankable businesses is that they're also multi-generational businesses. Yeah. You can pass those on. For sure. People That's can key. invest yeah. in them and they're bankable. Mm-hmm. So once you become bankable, Everything else is possible yeah. from lineage to investors. Yo, what's going on, Equity Chasers? Listen, I know you guys are enjoying the episode. Real quick, I know that you guys have already subscribed to the channel, so that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you guys because we have some major things that we're going to be rolling out. So what I need you to do is pause the video, go down to the description. Right above the description of the video, you're going to see a link. That link is going to give you access to our email list. I need you to subscribe. So when we roll out some of these things, you'll be one of the few that can get into the room. What are we going to roll out? We're going to be opening up our studios this summer. We're going to be letting you guys come in. We're going to be letting you guys watch us record live. We also have some live events planned. We have a lot of things that we're going to be rolling out for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to take your business, your game to the next level this summer. You're going to want to hit that email list and tap in. So look, let's do this. Let's get back to the video. Thank you. Yo, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Listen, man, I am excited about this interview. Got a good friend of mine, actually, man. We are a part of a networking group together. Uh, we get together a lot, man, and just strategize, talk about business. So I know what's in store for you guys, man. Brack, I appreciate you taking time out of your day, bro, to come on the show, man. How you doing today? Man, I'm doing pretty good, and thanks for having me on Equity Tap, Kevin. Yeah, man. I didn't seen a few guests come in and out yeah. from our networking group, so I was excited when I got the call to, yeah, to yeah, join. Yeah. So. Come on, man. You knew, you, was gonna, you knew you was going to get the call, man. I mean, I was just patiently waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you got some good stuff going on, and I want to talk yeah. about this, man. Specifically, the uh, the book that you just released, uh, Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness, man. You know, we talk to entrepreneurs, and that's always one of the biggest questions that we get. How do you get the funding to get the business off the ground? Yep. Where do I start? So I'm excited about this conversation, man. Uh, what I would suggest is definitely get a pen, get a pad, uh, take some notes. Uh, I'm also I'm gonna leave all of Williams, uh, all of Brack's information in the uh, description below. So you guys make sure you follow him, tap in, grab a copy of the book. It's definitely gonna help you. But we're gonna do our best, man, to dive into this yeah. to, to kind of help you guys put yourself in a position as a business owner to be able to get some capital. So man, look, let's let's dive right into this. Talk to me about the book, bro. How, what was it inspired by? Sure. So the Small Business Guide for Capital Readiness was just in fire, in, inspired by me being on social media. Mm-hmm. 
scrolling, looking at all this business advice and knowing it ain't right. Okay. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I have a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs. Okay. And I've seen scam yeah. at the scam at the scam happen. Mm -hmm. right? People want capital. They want bank yeah. money. They want investors. And they're desperate sometimes. And yeah. so they take advice from social media. They get scammed. It doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Now, here I am sitting on the couch with all of the right information. Mm -hmm. I know what it takes to get bank loans. I've been in investor meetings. For sure. And I'm not making content. Yeah. I'm not providing any value to my friends yeah. who are out there getting scammed. So I wrote a book mm -hmm. to prevent some of that. Gotcha. Right. The thing is, it's boring, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And so I've sort of built my career working with both high net worth people okay. and businesses that earn between 15 million of revenue up to 4 billion. Gotcha. Wow. And so I'm talking to CEOs mm -hmm. and CFOs that have built meaningfully big companies. Okay. And so all I've done in the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness that mm -hmm. you can find on Amazon is I've taken this inf information, Okay. I've put it together. I've simplified it and yeah. I've repackaged it for entrepreneurs in a plain, simple way that people can understand. For sure. For Look, sure. My, my superpower is being able to simplify yeah. complicated things. Listen, man, if more people had that superpower, the world would be a whole lot better place. It's interesting you say that because I read a book talking about how do you effectively communicate data. And mm -hmm. that's the problem that most professionals have. The doctor knows what we need to do to stay healthy, yeah. but how do you effectively communicate that? Right. So that's that's crucial, yeah. having information, but then also knowing how to uh, communicate it. So what's the secret? I know we don't have time to dive into all of the information in the book, sure. uh, but they, people going to have to go buy it. But what's the secret, man? Like, what are some of the things that we need to do in the foundational years? Because you've seen these mega companies. Sure. How, what do we need to do starting off? Like, what's the secret? Look, the cheat code is hire a bookkeeping and or mm. an accountant okay. as soon as possible. Okay. Okay. Before you even start, if you're doing a business plan and you're doing a budget for your business, mm -hmm. put that into your business plan. Okay. Because accounting is the language of business. Gotcha. We need, as bankers, we need information we can count on. Mm -hmm. like you know how to make money. Yeah. You're the entrepreneur. We know you're gonna go sell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're gonna produce revenue, but we be able to need we need to be able to show that you made money this year, yeah. last year, okay. and how are we going to get it back? So yeah. bankers, is a, a, a secret is bankers do not lend money to people who need it. Okay. Hmm. What banks do is they lend money to people who can pay it back. Okay. So they'll take $1 yeah. and make it 3 mm -hmm. They'll make $4 and make it 12 but okay. they can't make zero. For so sure. if you're not making any money, then the <laughs> banks can't loan you anything because okay. we can't multiply or leverage those dollars. Gotcha, gotcha. So most of the audience that we talk to is startup. Uh, yeah. So when we talk about, you know, being able to turn $1 into 3 a lot of entrepreneurs say, okay, yeah, I'm making revenue. It may not be a lot. What is that sweet spot that you've seen when an entrepreneur should be in a position to go into the bank and say, hey, here's what my books look like. Here's my revenue. Yep. Uh, and then what can they expect? Well, you don't go into the bank saying, hey, I need some money. Okay. Right. You go into the bank with a specific need. Maybe there's a piece of equipment that will take your business to the next level. Gotcha, gotcha. Maybe there's a vehicle that you need that will add additional revenue. Yeah. When you take on debt, business debt is different from the personal debt. Okay. Every time you borrow anything from a bank or a financial institution, that dollar should create revenue. Mm -hmm. So again, as the example, you need a piece of equipment, yeah. you're hand-making croissants. Okay. But there's okay. a machine that could help you do it in 20 minutes that you were doing in an hour. Okay. So now your revenue has increased threefold. 
For sure. For right. Sure. Or you need uh, another vehicle. You have a car mm-hmm. service. You need an extra vehicle. You go get a bank loan. Yeah. And now that creates additional revenue. For sure. If you're taking out debt and it's not creating revenue, mm-hmm. you're doing it wrong. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that what you see, man, in your in your tenure in banking that a lot of small businesses take out <laughs> loans and uh, don't have the proper way to allocate the funds and end up getting themselves in debt? So what, what we see in the business world, and, and I can tell you, just like entrepreneurs are frustrated with yeah. the banks and the mm-hmm. banking system, the bankers are equally frustrated, mm-hmm. right? Because the bankers want to know what you want to use the money for. Okay. And some entrepreneurs come in, they know they need money, yeah. but they can't communicate what they want to use it for. Okay. Um, and then entrepreneurs come in and they don't have numbers prepared. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have numbers, you won't get a loan. Yeah, that's that's the foundation, of course. You know, like you said, having your numbers, having the books and stuff like that together sure. in order to go in, because that's the first thing they're gonna ask. But outside of that, you know, going into the bank, what other things that you should should, should you consider when going into the bank as an entrepreneur? I've I've heard several things, sure. and I want to touch on this because I think it's it's crucial, man. Because you see all of this information on yep. social media. Social media has made it seem like you can get. A business started with little to no effort, and in 30 days, you're making (laughs) $100,000. Well, as entrepreneurs, somebody in the banking industry, we know that's not true. So what are some of those things that we should be doing to, I know you said accounting, but other things that we should be doing to, to properly set ourselves up? Well, to properly set yourself up, I tell you, there are five things that every single bank and investors look for. Okay. So they call them the five C's. It's character. It's capital. It's capacity. It's conditions and it's collateral. Okay. Characters, who you are as a person. For sure. If you're a scammer, we can we can fact check that and yeah. find out your background. Mm-hmm. And then next, do you pay your debts? Okay. That's part of character. Yeah. Yeah. Right? People always want to ask me, Brack, like, how do I improve my credit? Yeah. Easy. Pay your debts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not that complicated. Pay yeah. you borrowed the money, pay mm-hmm. what you owe, you'll have good credit. Yeah. Just that simple. Uh, the second is capital. You got to bring yeah. some cash to the table. Okay. Most banks, if you want a loan, they want 10, 20% down. So come okay. with some cash of your own. Mm-hmm. The other is capacity. Okay. Can you prove your ability to repay the money that you're going to borrow? Yeah. And then the other is conditions, right? Mm-hmm. The economy changes, the political landscape changes. So yeah. when COVID hit, restaurants had a hard time getting For loans because sure. yeah. no yeah. one was eating out. And that was a condition that made it difficult. Yeah. Right now, there's a lot of social pressure for uh, uh, global warming. Yeah. So coal companies, gas companies are having a hard time mm-hmm. getting bank capital from some banks. Some yeah. have stopped <clears throat> lending altogether. And then the last one is collateral. Okay. Banks want three ways yeah. that they can get their money back. Okay. A primary source of repayment, a secondary, secondary source of repayment, and a third source of repayment. Okay. Break those down. So the first might be the cash flow that your business creates from borrowing the money. Gotcha. The second one might be you get old in 30 days, so your mm-hmm. accounts receivables might be collateral. Okay. The car or equipment that you purchase or the real estate you purchase might yeah. be collateral. Okay. And then the third one most typically is a personal guarantee. Yeah. yeah. So most people think that creating an LLC, it protects them legally. Mm-hmm. Well, the banks don't care about that. Mm. They're going to... Okay. They're going to tear that wall down by making you personally liable yeah. for the money that you borrow. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And and so those three forms of repayment, and a lot of people, they might not have the personal wealth to yeah. repay the loan, but the banks want to make sure that you are in lockstep with them to do yeah. everything you can to repay that loan. For sure, for sure. That's dope, man. I like the five C's. And when I hear that, I'm, I'm like, okay, that's the, like, that is the official box that you need to make sure that you're checking off. 
Go ahead. Every single bank will look at the five. That is yeah. the basis of lending money for mm-hmm. every single bank. It's banking one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and like I said, man, that's kind of the box. And I like that because that's the proper framework that you need to be thinking in. But of course, uh, I had this conversation with a friend recent, man. Being African-Americans, a lot of the times we are the first generation wealth builders. We're the mm-hmm. first generation white collar. Uh, so a lot of this information, the box, sort of say, the things that we should do, we're not taught. So we enter these situations where, yeah, our character may not be there because we've defaulted on some loans and, you know, we, we wasn't taught really how to communicate with the bank and, and, and pay back. Yep. Like, talk to me about that, man. If sure. we can't necessarily check off out of the box immediately because of some bad decisions in the past, how do we set ourselves up, you know, to be able to be bankable? No, so that's a really good question, actually. And the five C's is the basis of the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness. Got it. But everybody wants bank money. Yeah. You said, what are some other secrets? One of the secrets is going to the right size bank. Okay. You've heard of J.P. Hmm. Morgan, yeah. right? You've heard of Citi and all these different banks. Okay. But they are there primarily okay. to serve public companies, mm-hmm. right? Everything is uh, automated. They have They have structures and systems in place that... You put your information in, some machine is going to spit back whether they want to lend you money or not. Okay. However, mm-hmm. a local bank, right, somebody yeah. you're in a community with, you might see out and about, they're mm-hmm. serving the Memphis community, they may be a better fit for your business. Okay. And so just like um, banks, you want to start at a small bank. Okay. Right. That you can actually establish the relationship. Yeah. You know the decision makers. Mm-hmm. And as your business grows, the type of bank you use grows. Okay. And okay. so there's no harm, no shame at all yeah. of growing out of your banking relationships. Okay. That's the first of, time I've ever heard it. Yeah. Out of growing out of your accounting relationships. Mm-hmm. So you might start with a bank that serves you in the local community, yeah. but now all of a sudden you have locations in different states. Yeah. You're First bank only has one location or two locations. Okay, okay. So now you go to a regional bank. Yeah. Now you're doing international business and okay. you're doing business with the government. So now you might need mm-hmm. a JP Morgan who has international uh, banking services. Gotcha. So you grow the type of banking relationship yeah. based on your business needs, not based on the name of the uh, bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. So at what at what key points in your business do you get exposed to that? Because this is my first time hearing that. And I've grown a company from the ground up, got acquired and all that good stuff. And I've had one banking relationship. And I'm sitting here thinking, as you say that, man, I probably could have maximized my relationship a whole lot better knowing that, you know, as I grew and as I hit certain income levels, yep. I should have been shopping my banks around. Where do you get that type of information? Or, or I guess the question is, at what income level should you start considering you know, looking at more banking opportunities. So, you know, at, at, when I was sitting in these loan committees yeah. as a banker, banks competed for companies' businesses. Okay. Right? It'd be, uh, when I worked at First Horizon, we'd be at this table competing against regions, competing mm-hmm. against uh, Bank of uh, Montreal, competing okay. against Seacoast Bank. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're actually competing for the right business. Okay. And so it's kind of like a guy, right? Yeah. You don't chase women. You mm-hmm. just make yourself more attractive um, to them. Okay. And so as a business, if you're making money, if you're following the five C's, you yeah. have collateral and you have a good business, banks will actually pursue you in your business. Okay. But I'll tell you, there is no income level where you find this. Yeah. Because on the personal financial front, on the financial literacy front, mm-hmm. there's so many resources that exist in the market for personal financial literacy. Okay. 
for business literacy, there's little to none. Mm. There's little to none. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's part, that's one of the motivations that mm. started the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness. It's okay. like the information is out there, yeah. but you got to go to 10 different sources to find it. Mm -hmm. So what I've done is consolidate it in the book, okay. put it in plain English language yeah. so everybody can understand. Okay. And then you can be armed with this information to be able to set your business up. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to read the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness today yeah. and walk in the bank tomorrow. Okay. But you can read the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness today mm -hmm. and walk into a bank next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you'll implement the systems necessary. Yeah. You'll be able to repay some debts. Yeah. You'll know what a strong, uh, lendable business looks like yeah. once you finish reading. And yeah, you're yeah. just like, hey... I can either manage my my business to this, mm -hmm. to the small business guide to capital readiness, or I can manage it in any sort of way that I want, but yeah. you can't say you don't know after sure. you've read this. So, man, I know uh, just through conversations, because we're friends, that you've been going and now you're starting to consult different companies yeah. on this process. Man, tell me a little bit about that and some of the success that you've been able to have with, you know, implementing your system and helping other small businesses. Yeah, so Absolutely. Part of, part of the work that I do is in a community. Okay. And I've started, once I actually finished the book, yeah. which took me much longer than I thought, <laughs> um, and I started telling people about it, mm -hmm. it's a need. Yeah. It, oh, it, yeah, absolutely. It is a real need, and the timing was pretty good. Okay. And so recently, Ernest Greer, who's the uh, president and an executive director of the Black Business Association yeah, yeah, yeah. of Memphis, well, he had the bright idea of something called the Memphis Restart Initiative. Yeah, yeah. He, he really wants to serve and give back and help the entrepreneurs yeah. in the black community of Memphis. Mm -hmm. And so he and I had a conversation again. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, man, I wrote this book, and it's about building bankable businesses. Yeah. And he was like, man, we've been looking for this. Yeah, yeah. This is a need. When our entrepreneurs come to us, one of the things that they want to, to learn about is access to capital mm -hmm. and how do they approach the bank. Yeah. Well, again, the Small Business Guide for Capital Readiness gives entrepreneurs the language necessary to approach the bankers. Yeah. Because it's written from a banker's perspective. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so everything the bankers want to know, you're like, well, I got this here. And it makes the process a lot faster. Yeah. yeah. And so we've signed up to do some seminars with the Black Business Association okay. um, in their next level leadership class. Gotcha. And it's called Building Bankable Businesses. Mm -hmm. We keep it simple. Yeah. And it's surrounding the five C's of credit. Okay. The size and types of banks that you can go to. Yeah. Yeah. How to even look for professional advisors. Okay. Right? Wow. What questions should you ask your accountant? Mm -hmm. What questions should you ask your lawyers? Yeah. What are the sort of things you need to look for in your banking bankers? For sure. For sure. Even that's in there. Yeah. Because you don't know. You Yeah, man, that's dope. Listen, in, in my day job, I do accounting, tax, and financial services work. Okay. And I meet a lot of entrepreneurs who have accountants, mm -hmm. they're terrible. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to, <laughs> how to vet them. They have attorneys and their contracts are not done right because yeah. they don't have the language because we don't know mm -hmm. what we don't know. Yeah. yeah. All we know is we got somebody to do our books and our taxes. Yeah. But you have to graduate from getting uh, transactional accounting mm -hmm. to accounting advice. For sure. That's real, man. And as you're saying this, one of the things that's in the back of my mind, because as a small business owner and someone who grew a company... The, the funds weren't always there to be able mm -hmm. to start these things off right. So once you talk about like getting the, the right accounting, knowing what questions to ask, sometimes we don't even pick up the phone because we, we think we can't afford these services. Yeah. Have you seen affordable accounting services that small business that may not be making a lot of money that they can tap into? And what questions should they be asking? Sure. 
I think so. Affordable five hundred dollars a month is something that you can expect. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's something you can expect starting off. Right, mm-hmm. that that's a nice little middle ground. Okay. for a decent accounting. Gotcha. They have your books <clears> ready. <throat> that sometimes they'll be like, uh, the bank will ask for information. Yeah, all you gotta do is say, call my accountant. Yeah, and they should be able to produce everything for you. For sure. So expect about the five hundred dollars amount amount range, mm-hmm. plus or minus a couple of hundred dollars, depending on your budget. So you can sort of expect that, and you need to be able to ask these questions. Yeah, and I'll tell you, there's bookkeepers. Okay. There's accountants, mm-hmm. and then there's tax advisors. Okay. Right. So bookkeepers are just inputting the numbers. Okay. Accountants can file your taxes and they can be forward looking and say, hey, here's what these numbers actually say. Yeah. Right. We were talking about um, the Equity Tap podcast yeah. right before we got on air and mm-hmm. the data yeah, that yeah, yeah. Equity Tap produces. And based on that data, you make decisions. Yeah. For well, sure. as an entrepreneur, your business is spitting out so much data. Yeah. So many numbers. Absolutely. And these accountants and financial advisors will help you interpret what these numbers mean. Yeah. Right. So for example, you know, you're, I'm selling, you're selling um, cars mm-hmm. and you bought a car for $1,000. Yeah. But you're selling it for $999. Mm-hmm. So you only got a dollar profit left. Yeah. But you're just selling cars. Yeah. So an accountant will say, hey, look, man, your profit margin is really small. Yeah. Right? You need to do some things, switch some things up. Maybe you're not charging enough. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to sell different cars. Yeah. Right. So based on information. Yeah, yeah. Right, your profit margin, mm-hmm. your net income margin, yeah. all the information that your business is producing mm-hmm. are decision things you can make decisions on. Yeah. And yeah. you talk about that in one of your courses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's dope. Um, and that that's one of the things that I did utilize my accounts for, man, because it was looking at those holes in the business and saying, "Yo, this is costing you money." Yep. Okay, sometimes you don't even realize it that you're losing money on this. One of the biggest things that was revealed to me that saved me a lot of money with my accountant was the amount that I was paying in credit card processing fees. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was another employee. And wow. it wasn't until they broke it down and said, yo, stop doing this and let's do the transaction through this. And it was like, yo, there's a whole nother revenue source. So it's key. Yeah, it's yeah. key. The, your, your business as an entrepreneur produces so much data. Yeah. Don't be intimidated by the financial information. Mm-hmm. Trust but verify. So hire a bookkeeper, yeah. hire an accountant, and then ask them what the stuff means. For sure. Right? They went to school for this six mm-hmm. years, four, five, six years. They have all this experience. Yeah. And they can teach you over time the information that your business is producing. Yeah. Like, hey, I made X. Mm-hmm. Well, why does this happen? Just start to ask why are your professional advisors, yeah. and they'll happily teach you what these numbers mean. Yeah, yeah. Why is a powerful question. So, man, let's let's break this down to its simplest form, because yep. uh, I can envision the entrepreneur on the other side of the camera, because I was that entrepreneur, yeah. and I'm sitting here in the park line looking at this bank, and I'm intimidated to go in because I don't know if I qualify or what to bring to the table because I hadn't had these professional conversations. Yep. So, and then you hear on the flip side, you need to develop relationships with your bankers. Well, how do you do that? Do I walk in and meet them? Do I go to different networking events? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, man, from just a, a foundational standpoint, from that entrepreneur that's saying, all right, I haven't built a relationship, yep. but I want to start. What, what would you advise? Because you see it every day. Well, it, it, it's it's more simple. You've done it, right? Yeah. First thing you've done is open a bank account. Absolutely. And when you open your business bank account, you you have to talk to a banker. Yeah. And that's the that's the start of the relationship process. Okay. Every single business out here has a business bank account. Yeah. And as your needs grow, as mm-hmm. your 
your job is to make money. Yeah. You don't need to be an expert on what banks are looking for. You need to make money. And as yeah. you make money, banks are looking at your accounts grow okay. and they'll start calling and asking, offering you services. Okay. If you're not making any money, yeah. you won't get you those get calls. Phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> but, after, but after you open this bank account, the first question is, are banks the first place I should go anyway? Okay. So in the small business guide for capital readiness, it's mm-hmm. sure, you got all sorts of banks. You got your yeah. money center banks that are large. You have your regional banks. If you have multiple locations, you have your community banks. Okay. But you, there's more than banks out here that exist for you to go get capital. Okay. You have business development corporations, which are private investors yeah. that are offering business loans. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a lot of that starting to, to kind of come up a lot. Yeah. Well, they're, they're huge, right? Mm-hmm. And, they, and they offer more flexibility. You might yeah. pay a little bit more in interest rate, yeah. but they offer more flexibility than the mm-hmm. banks. You also have nonprofit loan funds. A, okay. a couple of them locally might be River City Capital. Yeah. Um, Hope Credit Union okay. is a credit union that's also giving out business loans or providing business loans. Mm-hmm. And so you got nonprofit loan funds. Yeah. You have for-profit loan funds. You have business development corporations. Okay. And so there are more than banks out there that can provide you access to capital yeah. that might not be as stringent. Okay. I like this direction, man, because most people hear the bank. That's the first stop you hear. And you don't hear all these other avenues that's on the table. You yeah. only hear the bank, man. So in your personal opinion, have you seen that entrepreneurs found success in other form, uh, financial sources before going to the bank? Sure. Yeah. So i I give you an example. I was working at Regions at the time. Okay. And I had a customer uh, right either right before COVID or during COVID. Gotcha. And she called me and said, hey, Brad, we need a lifeline. Yeah. And she sent me all of her financial information and all her financial data. Mm-hmm. And based on region's requirements, we couldn't lend her any money. Yeah. Wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her to Pathway Lending. Okay. So I give a shout out to Pathway. Yeah. And they were able to look at the same information that I was looking at. Okay. And mm-hmm. provide her a lifeline and a loan to support her business. Gotcha. When I see her out, she says, Brad, that referral saved my business. Yeah. Wow. Because Pathway, which is a nonprofit yeah. loan fund and a community development financial institution, mm-hmm. which arm which is set which are set up to work with small businesses and women and minority businesses, okay. they had a little bit more flexibility gotcha. than banks. They worked with her a little bit more than banks. Okay. And now her business is thriving. Okay. And now if she wants money from the bank, she can get it. Yeah. But they were her lifeline, the bridge between saving her business and becoming bankable again. Yeah. Now that's dope. Okay, cool. So that's a that's a major nugget because like I said, most people look at the banks first. And if you don't qualify at the bank, now you're in this process of building over time to go back into the bank to try yeah. to qualify. And you always have your fingers crossed, like, yo, but that's what's dope about this book because you don't have to cross your fingers anymore. It's gonna give you the actual yeah. steps to be able to walk in and, and get, you know, financial capital that you need. So when I was at the bank and people said they wanted a loan. Yeah. I had to write a, a report mm-hmm. based on the five C's of credit. Okay. All right. So for example, the process went, well, who are the, what's the business, right? Yeah. So we're Kelvin Woods, the equity tap yeah. established in uh, 2020. Yeah. Right. It's set up as a LLC, as an mm-hmm. S corp or corporation. Yeah. Does that matter? It doesn't really matter. Okay. It okay. doesn't really matter. But we just need to know how it's how set, set up. up. Gotcha. Right. The man, then we talk about the management team, their bios, okay. their education, their work experience. Do you have the management experience to actually run a business? Mm. And have you run a business through cycles? Yeah. Right. 
good economies and bad economies has wow. your business uh, weathered the storm. Okay. And as you as a manager, have you weathered that storm? Yeah. Then I go into financial information. Okay. How much did you make last year versus mm-hmm. this year? Is your business growing or declining? Yeah. Are you making money? Are you losing money? Yeah. Equity, are you keeping money in the business or is your business funding your lifestyle? Mm, so yeah, so yeah. what are you doing? Are you funding the lifestyle? Or are you growing the business? Yeah. If you're growing the business, the banks want to lend you money. Yeah. If you're fi- you're funding a lifestyle by buying <laughs> boats and cars and big houses, it's a little bit harder to get then, money. <laughs> then there's a, little, there's a little bit more hesitation. Yeah. And then what's the economy like? Right. We yeah. know that podcasting is growing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The industry is exploding. Absolutely. And it was by when Spotify spent that 250 million to mm-hmm. acquire a podcast network. Boom. Yeah. COVID happened. Boom. So podcast <laughs> revenue is growing. Yeah. So now I'm like, man, man, maybe we would be open to lending a podcast company some money to purchase some equipment that they need or yeah. put money in dollars or to hire somebody. For sure. Right. And so then I so, sort of summarize and I have to make a recommendation to the bank. Gotcha. Your banker is your representative. It's mm-hmm. not an adversary. Yeah. The person you talk to from mm. the bank, they're looking at you trying to understand your business as good as you do yeah. and then they go and represent you to the bank. Okay. So bankers that you interface with yeah. are fighting on your behalf to the bank. That was a question that I had for you because we believe and when I say we, I'm talking about me because yeah. I've been through this process. <laughs> you go in the bank and you put on your best face possible. Yeah. Don't let them know about any of the problems of the business. Don't be transparent. Try to tell them everything that they need to hear in order to make you more bankable. But what you're saying is it's almost a complete opposite. What's that fine line? Like, what's that relationship look like? No, you, you want to be as transparent as possible, yeah. right? Hey, here are the issues. I'm making money. Yeah. Things are going well. Here are the issues. Okay. Because... If you don't identify the issues, yeah. the banker's going to find them. Okay. I don't care what kind of tax tricks you do, what yeah. kind of accounting tricks you do, whatever legal numbers tricks don't you lie. do. The numbers don't lie. Yeah. And bankers are trained to make adjustments to all the tricks that you do in your okay. financials. Gotcha. And so we're going to see all of the weaknesses anyway. Mm-hmm. The weaknesses aren't as important as how you mitigate the weaknesses. Gotcha. Right? You can say, hey, the weaknesses in, in the business is... Maybe his machine machinery is old. Okay. Right? This loan will help mitigate that. He's going to get update machinery mm. and make more money. Gotcha. Or gotcha. maybe his gross profit margin is weak. Yeah. The reason, reason it was weak is because COVID hit. Yeah. Right? So COVID might be able to explain some things. Yeah. Something that happened in the economy. That's right? key. Yeah. So we just need to, every business has strengths and weaknesses, uh-huh. but how do you mitigate yeah, yeah, the yeah. weaknesses? How do you mitigate the issues? For sure. For sure. And your banker, you want to be as transparent as possible to the person you're talking to yeah. so that he can partner with you mm-hmm. to then go defend you against the bank. Yeah. Because they're not a final decision maker. There's loan committees and loan officers right. That's that key, they have yeah. to represent. YouTube. I've never heard it put that way because, like I said, you go in there with with your best foot forward, trying to impress, you know, more say than or per se than actually yeah. being transparent. You also said something in that man conversation uh, about management and yep. being able to look at your management history. How do, how does the bank tell that? That's the first time I've ever heard that. What process do they run you through to see if you are qualified on a managerial level to manage the money? Easy. Yeah. It's a little thing called a resume. Okay. Right. So where have you worked before? So if you've never worked in marketing, but you want to start a marketing company, Mm. it might be a little bit more difficult to get a bank loan. Gotcha. Or if you want to start a truck driving business and you've never driven trucks, it might be a little bit more difficult to get a bank loan to start up. Yeah. But if you've been driving trucks for 20 years and you want to start a a trucking company, then banks look upon that favorably. 
favorably. One of my favorite books is the the richest man in Babylon. Great book, man. Great book. Yeah. And, and so one of the parables is, you know, he he had money and he wanted to invest in the diamond business, mm-hmm. but a goat herder was the one who approached him about uh, investing in the diamond business. Yeah. What the hell does a goat herder know about <laughs> diamonds? Yeah. And so the banks are like, well. If you've been um, working in the podcast business mm-hmm. for the last twenty years, now yeah. you want to start a trucking company. Yeah. What the hell do a podcast know about trucking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And so we look at your resume. Okay. If you majored in marketing and communications, if you majored in something with logistics, mm-hmm. and you want to go start a trucking company, that's looked upon favorably. Okay. So your management experience, where you've worked in the past. Your right. education. Did you major in this? Are you an engineer major, gotcha. accounting major, so forth and so on? Okay. See, I've never provided a resume to my banker. So that's another nugget that people can do. Start uh, providing your resume because that's one of the things yeah. that is they look at to determine if you can manage this money. Bro, let's go back just a little bit, man, because I'm always curious yeah. with people that love numbers and understand the financial industry because that's not our, you know, speed. We didn't necessarily come from a lot of that. A lot of this information, we are just now starting to learn. Yeah. And that's one of the things I love about this whole time, man, is this information is out there. But like you said, you got to search so many places to get it. And what you've done is you put it in one place to be able to help people move faster. So how did you get into this whole space, bro? What's your background? Sure. So I'm from Greenwood, Mississippi originally. Okay. And I come from multiple, multiple generations of poverty. Okay. And so growing up, I had so little money. I said, well, let me do the opposite. I want to learn as much about money as possible. Yeah. So I went to Morehouse and I got a finance degree. Okay. And then I started to do this thing now that I call it a real world MBA. Okay. I started off in wealth management. So got a job with Northwestern Mutual working mm-hmm. with high net worth people. Okay. So now I get to see the lives of people who quote unquote have money. Yeah. The ones who really have it versus the ones who don't yeah and the basic principles of what they did to build their wealth gotcha gotcha then i transitioned from wealth management and financial planning into banking okay so now i'm working with ceos and cfos 15 to 4 billion dollars yeah. about how they built their business okay the hardships what they put mm-hmm. in place some of the things that they transition and i'm yeah. having conversations with people who made it yeah and i'm hearing requests requests from people who are trying to make it yeah, yeah, so yeah. now all of this information is circling so then I transitioned to the accounting and tax space. Mm-hmm. So what are the tax implications? What are the accounting needs? What's the foundation yeah. of trust that you need to get to where these people are? Okay. And so I got here because there was a need to understand money yeah. and build personal wealth. And then to be able to share that information with entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because there's so many scammers out here. Yeah. There's so much misinformation. And I felt it as my duty to get out here and start sharing this information yeah. instead of being selfish. For sure. What uh, Coming from uh, generations of poverty, sure. what was, once you got into the financial space, and I know the realization eventually hit you, like, yo, this was the thing that we were missing. What was that one thing that you saw as you started elevating your career in the finances that our community is really missing when it comes to the financial sector? Patience. Patience. The, okay. the delay is the most mm. powerful thing you can utilize. Okay. Right? If you spend your first five years post college working, yeah. right? You lived in a dorm for four years. Yeah. 
what what does it hurt to have a roommate for another two or three years yeah. or four years yeah. and stack that cash? Mm -hmm. You might not need to go on that vacation that first five years. Yeah. You might not need the Gucci shoes. Yeah. You might not need a designer belt. Mm -hmm. You might not need the luxury car. Yeah. So you save that cash. Okay. You buy, invest in things like insurance, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. And yeah. what you're doing is building up a capital base. Okay. Okay. The number one issue with most businesses I see even today mm -hmm. is they start undercapitalized. Yeah. A great business with not enough money. Mm -hmm. And the primary reason they don't have enough money is because they didn't invest in their 401k when they were working. Yeah. They didn't save money. Mm -hmm. They did the trips, the cars. Yeah. Too many they, liabilities. They, they overspent yeah. early. Mm -hmm. They had this great business idea. And now they have no means to fund it because it's all in their closet. Yeah. It's in their driveway. <laughs> I like right. it, yeah. So it's the you, truth. If you can delay that mm -hmm. and lock in that first five years doing all the financial principles yeah. in place, save, that'll give you an opportunity to invest. Yeah. Because saving isn't good enough. Yeah. You have to invest. For sure. And investing you in grow you money. is yeah. your best investment. Yeah. So, man, look, let's let's do this. Let's take the gloves off because yeah. I can I can hear the mindset, you know. Of course, we're, we're friends, so yep. we talk all the time about, <laughs> you know, business, about moves, about strategies yep. and things like that. Uh, and you have a mindset, man, that has allowed you to create success. And one of the things that I'm most interested in is that mindset because I believe that people know the one or two things that they need to do to move forward. Yeah. But it's something mentally that's blocking them. So my question is, bro, talk to me about showing up in some of these spaces with – these people that's making all of this type of money, these successful companies, you young, you know what I'm saying? And you got to show up and you got to represent yourself in these institutions. And you talking to these cats, man, is making millions. Yeah. Like, how do you show up in this space? Talk to me a little bit about networking. Sure. So, you know, fundamentally, I just believe that growing up in poverty, yeah. a lot of these people, a lot of these large company business owners, mm -hmm. a lot of them had a leg up, right? Yeah. They started much further along than me. For sure. But... I'd get confidence knowing that I traveled a lot further to be in the same space that they're in. Okay. Explain it to me. Meaning I came from Greenwood, Mississippi yeah. with no money. Mm -hmm. They went to private schools. Mm -hmm. Their family had money, might yeah. have been uh, insurance. They could be second generation business owners. Yeah. So they <clears throat> might have, sure, they had to grow it, yeah. but they started at a certain intelligence base. For sure. I just so happened to be in the exact same room with them yeah. coming from a completely different background. Mm -hmm. And for me, that gives me confidence that, okay. hey, we're in the same space. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And then two, financial planning taught me that intelligence is niche. Intelligence is niche. Yeah, I've niche heard intelligence. Okay. So, you know, you might think a doctor who has money are smart people. Yeah. They're smart about medicine. Okay. You might get a man who's running a trucking company. He knows the crap out of a trucking business, yeah. but he knows nothing about finances and money. Okay. And then as you start to grow companies in a very meaningful way, they just have problems. Mm -hmm. And if I've set myself up as someone who can understand yeah. the problem, simplify it, and then find a solution for it. Okay. And that's it. Yeah. Everybody has, what's the problem? Yeah. And I have the critical thinking skills necessary to say, hey, this is a problem. Well, mm -hmm. who do I know? That can solve it. Yeah. And so all I do is sit in between problems and solutions yeah, yeah, yeah. and match those together. For sure. And and I've witnessed you do that. I know that uh <laughs> we we were uh you started a group uh a few years back that got us close access with uh politicians and influential people mm -hmm. in the city where we literally it's ten of us in the room and we're able to ask these questions that you would never get a chance to do that, you know, had you not put that opportunity together. And that's a good segue into kind of like the podcasting space because yeah. I know you 
and a, a mutual friend of ours started Grindset Podcast, yeah. Cynthia Daniels, man. And you guys started off with this vision and this goal to, to expose the mindset of entrepreneurs, more so from a female perspective, man, yeah. which I thought was dope. So tell me a little bit about the podcast, bro. Sure. So Grindset uh, is, was an idea between Larry Robinson and Kazukian and the epicenter Memphis. Okay. And Memphis is the number one city for black women entrepreneurs. Wow. Okay. And so Epicenter was like, hey, let's <clears throat> do uh, a podcast for black female entrepreneurs. Yeah. And the cool thing about the Grindset podcast, which I like the most, yeah. is that there are all types of entrepreneurs. Yeah. Some people want to get in business, they want multiple employees, and they mm -hmm. want to build these large enterprises. Okay. Some people just want to get off the corporate wheel. Yeah. They want to live life according, they want to make enough money to live yeah. life according to the way they want to live life. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And, yeah. and so that that's beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're for October, we'll be five years into the podcasting game. Yeah. And on Grindset, we've talked to so many different types of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. But when I talk about Small Business Guide for Capital Readiness, the ones who are doing very well, yeah. one key theme is that they have good systems in place. Absolutely. They have, they have good accounting. They yeah. hired early. And they're good systematically with money. Yeah, yeah. Now, they might not have known much about the financial piece of the business before. Yeah. But they've learned over time how to be good at it. Yeah, yeah. Because here's a secret. Mm -hmm. It's only adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and you get a calculator to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, when I started off in banking, trying yeah. to understand these numbers were so intimidating. Yeah. But then I found out yeah. that all I had to do was add, subtract, multiply, multiply and, divide. and divide. Yeah. And the business gave me all the information I needed. Yeah. So look, bro, you've accomplished so much uh, just with the launch of this project. You yep. know, it's getting off the ground quick. You've already landed major contracts uh, to be able to take this and, and scale it on such a broad scale. Yep. Uh, talk to me about the the other piece, man. Do you do small business consulting for somebody that read the book and say, man, this was great, but I need a little bit more hands-on? Is sure. that something that you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So I get together with business owners to do assessment of where they are. Okay. Right? And I'll actually help you write the report that bankers are going to write for you. Okay. Right? Wow. So I go through and evaluate, so what's your experience, the management? Okay. Well, let's organize the numbers first. Mm -hmm. Let's evaluate and get the information that your business is spitting out. Okay. And then I'll say, well, look, here are the targets that banks are looking for. Debt service coverage, they're looking for leverage. Mm -hmm. And I do an analysis of where you are currently okay. and what you need to do in the business to get bankable. For sure, for sure. And, and I'll sit with a business owner. Typically, it takes about 12 months. Okay. Because what we want to do here, here's a cheat code as a business Man, owner. I love cheat codes. Every single Fortune 500 large company, mm -hmm. every three months, they sit and talk about their company publicly. Okay. So find one in your niche or your industry. FedEx has mm -hmm. a quarterly report and they have an annual <clears throat> where they talk about the financial results of their business. Okay. So I like to get with business owners like, hey, let's find a company to copy. Yeah. They'll tell you everything about their company, things that they're facing. Mm -hmm. And then now you could talk about and review your business every three months the way you do. Okay. Imitate the people yeah. who are a size that you want to be. Yeah, that's key. FedEx is already doing it. So, okay, well, what were your results? How much money did you make the yeah. last three months? But why did you make that money? Hmm. What happened and contributed to the deals that you closed? For sure. What happened and uh, attributed to the deal? What's your competition doing? Hmm. Right? How much cash do you have in the company? Okay. Why? Where did you have to invest it? Where did you put it? Yeah. Right? 
it gets easier as you do it. Gotcha, right. Gotcha. So the first the first time we do it, it's like, man, this is a headache. Why do I yeah. want to do this? The second month, you're like, man, okay, it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Third month, now you're standing up like you're at a podium or something yeah. talking to <laughs> investors. Yeah. Because the thing about bankable businesses mm-hmm. is that they're also investable businesses. Gotcha. And the thing about bankable businesses is that they're also multi-generational businesses. Yeah. You can pass those on. For sure. People That's can key. invest yeah. in them and they're bankable. Mm-hmm. So once you become bankable, everything else is possible yeah. from lineage to investors. Bro, I'm going to go on record and say that <clears throat> this is probably, what you're doing is probably one of the most important next steps for our culture yeah. because we got the information that's out there. Yep. We know you know, that we need to be more bankable. We know, but the missing piece is who's going to really get on our level and understand yep. where we're coming from, you know what I'm saying, and help us get over that hurdle. Because that's really all we need. When we're exposed and we're taught, yep. we'll close the gap quick. Yeah. We just really need somebody to sometimes just hold our hand and be able to just walk us through it. So, And, and, and you can do that. And I'll tell you, slow down. Yeah. Right? If you are if you want to get somewhere fast, there's a high likelihood you're going to get scammed. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. one word I listen out to every single time. Yeah. It's guarantee. Guarantee. If someone guarantees you anything, I can guarantee you that that's a scam. <laughs> that's the first way to know it's a scam. With if, you, a if you get guaranteed, you're going to lose your money. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, you're going to get, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can guarantee you, you're going to get 8%. I guarantee you, you're going to get approved. I guarantee you, we can get your money. Yeah. It's a scam. Yeah. What are some of the most common scams that you've seen that you can maybe put the the, the equity chasers on alert for? Like once you see a, the guarantee is a huge one. That's because you hear it all the time, and that's a that's a red flag. So what are some of the other red flags that you've seen out that social media has put out that's not necessarily true? Sure, I mean there's a lot of people out here promising services that can't deliver on. Okay, so as for recommendations and referrals, who else have you done business with? Yeah, and actually mm, call key. them. Yeah, right. There's no such thing as something for nothing. Yeah. $1,000 will never get you 10. Yeah. 10,000 will never get you 100. Yeah. So you need to be careful in those scams. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's comical once you think about it, but we fall for it. Well, because you get desperate yeah. and you're, you want to go fast. Yeah. Well, long money mm-hmm. is slow. Mm. It is. You got to have the fundamentals and the basics in place. Yeah. And once you have the basics in place, then you can catapult your business. Yeah. But if you try too fast, these are steps that you just can't skip. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you're driving that point home because even me, I'm sitting there as an entrepreneur, I'm thinking about how fast I want to move and how fast I want to grow and all of these things and this whole patience piece, yeah. man, is key. And I think from my perspective, one of the reasons you want to move so fast is because you realize, look, we only have this one lifetime yeah. and we're trying to close a mega gap. Uh, that we've not been exposed to. So now that we got it, it's just like, yo, the door open, I'm going to kick it open, I'm going to run as hard as you can. But you get taken advantage of once you do that. You you do. And a major issue in the bank, why people need to borrow money in the mm-hmm. first place, is yeah. that they're growing too fast. Yeah. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. You can outgrow your capital. Mm. Okay. And growing too <clears throat> fast will put you out of business. Yeah. So grow at the right pace. Grow okay. with your opportunities. And sometimes you have to say no we can't do business right now. We yeah. need to update our systems. Okay. Right. We need to deliver on the business that we have. Yeah. Put some infrastructure. That's in okay. Place. Yeah. And it's okay to pause. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that way, these people will come back. They'll respect that. Yeah. Because if you're as good as you say, and your competition isn't, yeah. they'll find their way back to you. For sure. Growing too fast is a risk, and we've had to de- decline and deny loans because mm. people are growing too fast. Wow. 
That's interesting. Man, look, this conversation can go in so many different directions, <laughs> man, because you, once you know the information, you yeah. know it, and we can talk about this in so many different ways, man. We definitely have to do a part two. T- yeah. Tell me what's next for you. So the way I've grown my business, so I wrote the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness, and the way that I've grown my business is not talking to individual business owners per se, okay. but through organizations. Okay. The, the book I wrote for entrepreneurs the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness is also helpful to bankers. Okay. Because what you think is that all bankers are created equal. Yeah. But they're not. Okay. The ones you meet in a branch, they might be good at home mortgages mm. and credit cards. Okay. Well, there's another banker somewhere in that system who works specifically with small bank businesses. Okay. There's another banker who works with medium-sized businesses. And he's okay. an expert. And there's one who works on large bankers. And so some of these bankers need these fundamentals as a reminder, too. Gotcha. And so I'm working with nonprofit organizations now, but the next step is to market this book to the banks. Okay. So they can give to their frontline bankers as an easy reminder, like, hey, here are the things that entrepreneurs want. Here it is in simple language. And then the banks will buy my books and then give it to their customers. Bro, I'm gonna tell you what you should do, uh, <laughs> because as you're saying this, I'm just like, oh, this is this is dope, this is yeah. cool. Because really, what you're doing is you're closing the gap. You you're the middleman between the people that's trying to get it and the people that have it. Yep. The banks and the entrepreneurs. That's it. And so, what you uh, something you should do that will really you know help people that is going through the process is, man, if it was a way to to, to note uh, on your website the banks that actually are purchasing and following this system. And you can create a pipeline for entrepreneurs yep. to say, look, here's the relationships that know this information. Mm. So once you go in there, you know, you ain't got to do a lot because they already know. So yep. I don't know if you're already doing something like that, but that'll be dope if you can let the entrepreneurs know they buy the book. Uh, hey, follow me here. I'm going to be updating y'all on yeah. the banks that, you know, are purchasing it. Well, that'll be perfect. To man. your point, I need to go ahead and set up some social media and a website because I've grown my business via relationships. Right? Yeah, yeah. People, people that I know bankers. Yeah. I know nonprofits in the finance space. I know people in the political space. Yeah. And so this has allowed me to do business in a meaningful way without doing the uh, marketing stuff first. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's right. and, and that's a that's a fault. Yeah. And so I'll put all those information in place because that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Now I can be a trusted resource for entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like, hey, go here. You already there. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's just about positioning yourself so it's people about, can know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the equity tap was a good start. Yeah, man. Look, and, and I appreciate you taking your time out because yeah. I know uh, we've talked about this. It's like, man, how, how come I hadn't got you on here yet? Yeah. And it's because I knew you was in the process and I really wanted to, to time this perfect. Yep. So when the book came out, uh, you've already created success. Yeah. It's proof of concept is there. So what we're talking about in theory, you yeah. got major organizations that's already reaching out to bring mm-hmm. your system in. You're already helping small businesses. You, you're fostering a relationship. So yep. it was all about timing, man. That's so, it. yeah. Look, one thing I learned playing uh, quarterback, I, I played in high school and college, is that everything is about timing. Right? Okay. I can throw the most perfect pass, mm-hmm. but if the time is off, it's incomplete or an interception. Yeah. If I throw an ugly pass, mm-hmm. if the timing is good, we can get a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And that's an analogy for business. Just start. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the the yeah. timing has to be right no matter how. This might be poorly written. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me. Yeah. But I put it together for it. For sure. Right? And I made it in plain English so people can understand. Yeah. I didn't write it as a college professor who used all these big terms that yeah. people can't understand. <laughs> Look, I, I come from a small business world. Mm-hmm. I come from the black community. Yeah. And I wrote it in every complicated, I went through the book, every yeah. big complicated word that I found, 
I simplified it gotcha. so that people can understand oh, it that's easily. Dope. Yeah, yeah. Because you've identified the challenges that we have. You know yeah. who's reading the book. And you read, you wrote the book to be able to relate to us. Yep. How much is the book on Amazon? The book, you can find it on Amazon. All you have to do is search the Small Business Guide for Capital Readiness. And the book is $19.99. Okay. okay. All right. So such powerful information for a small price. Yeah. Yeah. $20. You spend that quick. Let me ask you. I started this, at 100 but I was yeah. like, you know, the entrepreneur <laughs> is spending money this, on a lot of other things. Let me bring it down. Let me let me do this as a service, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's why I made it. And even at a hundred dollars, bro, it it more than than worth it and undervalued. More, more than worth. Yeah. But I don't need to price gouge people. Yeah. Right. The the information is critical, and if it's valuable, they'll call me for some business consulting services, like you said. Yeah. So this is like a teaser. Mm-hmm. I created a PowerPoint presentation and made a seminar yeah. out of the book too, and so I'll start doing those online as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people are starving for the information. For sure. Look, I don't want to act like we're we're special over at the Equity Tab, but <laughs> I don't know if it's something that we can do to be able to give our audience some special promo okay. uh, for being ta- for tapping in and going and supporting it. Uh, if we can, we can make an equity tap. So we don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to pull it off. But if I do pull it off, it'll be in the description. We'll give you guys a promo code where y'all can get a, a little bit of discount off the book or something like yeah. that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, so look, this is what I want to do, man, in closing. I want you to, I want people to know how they can keep up with you. So yep. let them know your social media is how they can keep up with you. And also, man, in closing, there's somebody on the other side of this camera. They're sitting on the couch or they're watching this on their phone right now. They may be driving and they're saying, man, I really want to, you know, start and get going. You, you made a great analogy about throwing the past, man. But yep. any advice that you can give somebody that's mentally blocked from getting started, man, I think that'll be great. Man, listen, I told y'all, grab a pen and pad. This has been some extremely helpful information. I'm going to put all of Brack's information in the description. Do me a favor, please. He's going to give you guys a, a deal. $19.99 is already a deal for the book. I don't know what promo we're going to work out, but we'll put it all in the description. Tap in. Go follow him on all social media platforms. Also, if you guys are getting value out of this content, do me a favor. Hit subscribe. Turn on the notifications so as we continue to bring more people on here. So we're in this whole financial literacy piece. We want to make sure we're giving you guys massive game so that we're just not talking. We don't want you guys to consume information and not apply. We want to bring the people to you that can actually show you the steps. So if you're finding value out of this content, hit subscribe, turn on the notification, and do me one more favor. Drop a fire in the comment if you guys found some value out of this. Look, bro, like I said, we got, I got to get you back on here for, yeah, uh, for round two. We didn't even get a chance to get into your background. <laughs> I know you play college sports. There's a lot to you, you know. The financial side is just one side. Uh, but, you know, I knew my audience needed this, man, so the timing was perfect. So uh, if you would, you know, closing advice and uh, your, your contacts so people can keep up with you, that will be perfect. What I'll tell you, man, if you have that idea, right, mm-hmm. if you have a desire to learn something new, and you're struggling to start, take a Saturday, turn your phone off, eliminate all distractions, tell your family not to bother you, tell your friends not to bother you and start. That's what I had to do with the Small Business Guide to Capital Readiness. I had to say, okay, you procrastinate long enough. You got the information, just start. So I sat there with my laptop and I said, I'm not leaving. I'm not eating, I'm not doing anything (laughs) until I get at least the outline done for this. And for your business, you got the idea. You know you do. And you have the capabilities. Mm -hmm. Just get out there, block off a day, and get started. For sure. My social media handles are Williams Brack, Williams Lee Brack, if you search me on Instagram, 
You can find me at Williams Brack. I started an Instagram page at Coach Brack for the business consulting piece. Okay, cool. And I'll start uploading content regularly, both from Equity Tap, what we've done yeah, today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I have the Grind Set podcast. I've created videos and I've created content from my seminars. Mm-hmm. And so if you start following the Coach Brack handle, I'll start updating the information that you need to build bankable businesses. For sure. Listen, man, I can't think of a better way to close it out. Y'all do me a favor, man. He took time out of his schedule to come on the show. Hit the link below, support the book, uh, put yourself in a position to become more bankable, and then hopefully we can get you on the equity tab so that you can share some game and help other people move forward. Bro, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for your time, dog.